this is going to be an emotional time for your kids, regardless of their age, because you're taking away everything they know. That's their home. That's their sanctuary. That's where they, you know, that's where all their memories are. Certainly if they haven't moved before and you can't just say we're moving. All right. Hello. Welcome to episode 108 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. We are your hosts. What's up? What's up? He's Adrian. I'm Adrian. The KT, KT, Carmendi Trap Team, 108, 108, 108. 108. Oh my goodness. 108. Isn't it crazy how time flies? I was just chatting with somebody about that yesterday. I can't believe it's already the end of the year. Like this year has just flown by. Well, I mean, for everything and everybody, um, it's pretty crazy to think that the last time, as an example, that we recorded a podcast in our studio on Main Street here in Milton it was eight, April. eight and a half months ago, <laughs> something Nuts. like that, something it's crazy. like that, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, one would think one would think that that time would seem to go by slow because we've been like, you know, stuck in our houses and less on the go per se. You would think that time seems to pass slowly, but it's been quite the contrary. I can't believe it's already December. I don't know if there's. I mean, for me, I don't know about for you or for anybody that's listening, but I think there's actually more on the go for me because yeah. I'm trying to keep myself busy like work hasn't slowed down we've been no. very busy with um you know listings and and buyers and our leases are up this year as well um but you know i started doing new things more things you know trying to keep myself busy around the house new projects i know you are like i built that uh, that fence in my backyard for the dog run uh, I know you built your mezzanine and your bookcases and your um, or your shelving units in, in your garage. You know, I'm starting to now uh, purge things and, and donate and sell things uh, around the house to start making some more room around here. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, and, and then with all the online shopping, like I haven't been to a grocery store since uh, the very beginning of March. And uh, so all my groceries get delivered and that's a process. Like you save the time of going to the grocery store. But for me, once the groceries arrive at my front porch, I'm wiping everything down either with Lysol or vinegar or whatever. I'm taking things out of packages. I'm sorting it nicely into our downstairs kitchen and create almost like a supermarket environment downstairs so as you need something upstairs you come down and you do a little shopping and you bring it upstairs so there's <laughs> like there's this extra these extra steps now right or even, yeah i suppose even just remembering your mask and for us our booties and our gloves and hand sanitizer and keeping hand sanitizer in stock so there's all these extra things but i don't know i think for me um this year has flown by so quickly, but I feel like I'm in fucking Groundhog Day, right? You ever see yeah, that every day? Yeah, day? yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like doesn't it feel like that? Like every day now is such the same routine because yeah, 
you know, uh, in the past, like on the weekend, I would maybe say, okay, let's go to the museum or let's go to, let's go to the mall and do some shopping or let's go out for dinner or things like that. And it's, it's literally now it's like, let's, let's go out to the front yard. Let's go out to the backyard. It's like, you're so limited on what you can do. Yeah, I get it. So I don't know. I mean, you know, Joanna was asking us uh, for for some content for Instagram last week. And one of the things she asked is, what has COVID taught you? Uh, or, you know, what what are you getting out of this time? And and those kind of thoughts, you know, like, like tell me how you're feeling kind of thing. And it started off in March and April as okay, well, you know, you're basically in quarantine and not leaving your house. So I'm going to learn things that I wanted to learn, like play guitar, or I'm going to read a book that I've been meaning to read for the past year or two. Um, Or I'm just going to watch a movie and binge on popcorn and wine all night tonight because I can. But as work started getting busier. And I think a lot of people are like this because March was definitely shut it down. Like when I was taking the dog for a walk, the end of March, beginning of April, nobody was leaving their homes. You see all the cars on the driveway, nobody on the sidewalks. Um, But then as things started opening up in May, June, July, you know, things kind of went back to normal, even though it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, even very much so that way now. Right, right. Um, so it's been just, a, a, I think, a weird, weird year for everybody. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What did you, what, what is your takeaway from this year? Like how, what, uh, what did you learn from COVID and being in this quarantine kind of situation, not le- really leaving home? And I, I, I don't know. I think in the beginning... It, uh, I mean, we've, we've been very busy the entire time with a small it's a, exception. It's, a record, of, it's our record, a record year for us. Yeah. Real estate's we, been we're nuts. probably going to be in the top 12 in the country. Well, I think in the beginning we had a very short period of time where it was a little bit quiet and I enjoyed that actually. And I took some time to learn to be less busy because although I, I really enjoy being busy, so we're not busy. It's like, how do you take advantage of that rather than sitting there? Feel, you feel guilty, right? Like yeah. You, well, that's, that's what I was trying to um, get comfortable with is not feeling that way and enjoying my downtime. Because I feel like when you do unwind, you are more productive during your working hours. So that was one thing. And then I think for me, it was really just establishing new routines and picking up some new hobbies. So like you mentioned with woodworking. So I bought a bunch of tools and I've been doing little things in the garage on the weekends. So that's been fun. And I probably wouldn't have gotten around to doing that before, but I feel like I needed something to occupy my time or just create, create some form of separation between the norm because we're just confined to our home offices, which for you and I is our basement. And I'm sure it's very much the same for many people. And it gets a little bit depressing sitting down here all day. I don't even have any windows where I am. Do you have a window in your room? I do, but it's it's relatively useless, right? Like it's one of those smaller yeah. windows. No, no light comes in there. Yeah. You know, 
the temperature control issue is one that I'm continuing to deal with. Like you said, you're hot today. Uh, it's pretty cold in my basement today because I turned down the heat last night because I'm trying to keep my Christmas tree alive as long as possible. But, um, you know, it's, um, it, it, it's depressing. And, and for our line of work, when you're not out with clients because we're the company owners and, and own two companies, uh, we're forced to be a lot of screen. We have a lot of screen time in our day. And yeah. usually it's sitting in front of our laptops and, and at the desk and, and there's not much choice behind it. So when you're in the basement, yeah. there's no natural light. There's no proper airflow. Um, you're trying to stay downstairs to not get the kids jumping all over you and get distracted that way. Uh, it's fucking tough, man. It's, it's well, and in the beginning, I, I, th- and I think I spoke with a few people that were very much the same in the beginning. It was like, you'd very, very easily get stuck in bad routines. Like I was drinking a lot. I was drinking probably a bottle of wine a day for, I don't know how long. And then I realized I'm like, wow, I'm drinking a lot of wine. I need to stop. So I, you know, put a stop to that. And I, I tried to get back into better routines. I mean, as we got, that was during the the short period of time where we weren't particularly busy. So it was easy to get sidetracked. And then as we got busy again, it was relatively easy to get out of that habit. But I think a lot of people probably suffered from that, you know, being stuck at home all the time, binge eating, drinking, whatever. It's not, you know, it's just what happens. Oh, for sure. So, but, um, you know, I've been in good routines now, started reading more, finished off a book, started doing my woodworking, but I am sure as hell looking forward to getting back to some degree of normalcy where we're actually able to get out and see each other. Like for our Christmas party this year, it's probably just going to be some virtual alternative to a team Christmas party, yeah. uh, which is unfortunate, but a uh, reality. It's going to so, be a zoom, a zoom get together, maybe a zoom. Yeah. Drink. I, I just realized I wasn't recording. Sorry. And um, <laughs> I'm glad. I think I'm pretty sure I am. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, you are. Uh, so here's a question for you because obviously we went in and, and to go back to your point of not being busy, we shut down our business basically for, more or less for eight weeks. We yeah, didn't, until we, we knew what was happening and we, we knew... We didn't you know, take on any new clients. Yeah. Um, we had a couple of sales or a few sales through that period because we had already committed to helping those people and they had to sell or had to buy because otherwise they'd be homeless. Um, so we committed to those people and we stuck to that. Uh, but my... My question is, because we did not foresee it, which is a whole other topic, because if you, if you read back now, and when Europe specifically and, and Asia, you know, there were lots of cases happening in December, January, February, and really for us in the province of Ontario, it was like in March when the NBA season canceled and the NHL or the NBA and the NHL season said, well, we're shutting it down. And then the rest of Ontario looks at it and goes, well, if the Raptors are shutting it down, the NBA shutting it down and the Leafs aren't going to play, I guess we can't go to work or we can't do anything. Let's shut it down too. Yeah. That's kind of how it happened. Right. Uh, Spur of the moment. If you look back, 
we should have been a lot more proactive in saying, well, if it's happening on the other side of the world, it's it's only a matter of time before it hits us. Can we be prepared? So, so from our perspective, our business, ourselves individually, I know for myself, I wasn't prepared. Um, so it was a matter of us literally sitting on whatever that day was, Friday, March the 12th, in our office and looking at each other and going, well, I don't think we should have open houses this weekend. And I think we should send everybody home and shut down the office until further notice. And that was the last time we saw everybody in the same room. Yeah. I think at the time I was in denial. I'm like, ah, forget no, it. We, we, we can, told, we can continue. Was, you told me I was over-exaggerating and, yeah. it, it, you know, there's nothing to be worried about because... Because for weeks leading up to that, I implemented a policy that everybody immediately washed their hands uh, coming into the office. Uh, and everybody thought I was going a little bit bonkers because I was monitoring how long people were washing their hands and over their over their shoulders. Did you All right, mom. Go? All right, mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought yeah. somebody was going to conk me over the head. It's funny because Alicia and I were watching a show, I can't remember, not long ago, maybe a week or two ago, and it was a recorded show. And so you, there was commercials. And one of the commercials, which we usually fast forward through, but it was one of the first ones and we caught it. It was a news broadcast of something along the lines of, you know, in the beginning of COVID, oh, we have, there's been two cases in Canada. There's a second person in Alberta that's contracted the virus. <laughs> and then you go back, it just seems like so long ago. And you forget about that. It's like, I can't even remember when it first came. It's like, just all of a sudden it was here. Anyways. Well, and the 180 of that is with these vaccines now and, and the implementation being discussed on how it's going to go down and everything. You know, a year from now, uh, it will be the opposite. It'll be like, well, now everything's kind of going back to quote unquote normal. And, um, it's almost like it didn't happen. So, yeah. I mean, obviously the world is going to change and a lot of, I, you know, that's a whole other conversation and maybe not for this podcast, but I, as, as stupid as somebody might think I am by saying it, I think this is going to be good for the world. I think this is going to teach people now how to listen, Trudeau. Listen, Trudeau. Yeah, well, I, I think it's it? going to. I think it's going to teach people how to, you know, work virtually. As an example, it, it already has. I think it's going to make people more resourceful. I think it's going to make people appreciate uh, things more. And well, I think uh, something good comes from everything. It's yeah. just a matter of seeing what it is. And I think you're very right. Anyways, we should talk about it another time. Hang on. Before we move on to the topic, which for those of you that are uh, still hanging in here for the last 15 minutes, listening to us ramble. Um, you know, and our topic today is kind of tips. Came in from who? Who are where? Jimmy, the new guy, from? one of our subscribers on YouTube, Jimmy, the new guy okay. commented and he uh, he wants some tips on how to move with three kids and a dog. So we're going to talk about tips and just the thought process and the whole process of moving with kids and pets. Okay. Um, but before we move on to that, because we're on this whole COVID and, and what's happened this year discussion, it's almost like maybe one of our upcoming podcasts this month should be uh, a year in review. Um, kind of thing. So this was almost that kind of discussion. 
But in hindsight, because, you know, we're entrepreneurs, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen and want advice and, and get encouraged by other op- entrepreneurs, especially ones that hustle. You, you mentioned feeling guilty about not working and taking that downtime. That's something that's, you know, been a struggle for us. The two, the two struggles that we've always had as entrepreneurs is one, delegating, which we've gotten much better at and recognized if our businesses are going to grow, you got to just let go and, and let people that you empower to do things uh, to, to help you and trust them, hire the right people and, and give them the, the things that they can take care of. So we've gotten good at that. But the the one thing that we've consistently over the last 15 to 20 years that you and I know each other and have worked together is that it's, it's hard for us to shut it down. Like we are very much seven day a week work any time of the day kind of guys. And, um, there, there have been many, many a day where we put in 15, 16 hours a day for, for days on end kind of thing to get the job done or to, you know, make sure we hit our quotas or whatever. Right. Yeah. So now in hindsight, if you knew you were going to have six weeks where you really didn't have much work to do and you were going to have eight months where you were going to be at home and potentially just having more time available to you to be at home and do things that you love or, you know, whatever. So in the last eight and a half months, but specifically like the first six to eight weeks, and now this, the rest of this year, looking back, would you have changed anything? I don't think so. I think even though we were quieter during that time, I think that's when the successful people had an opportunity to shine, right? Like that's just... An innate mindset, I suppose. It's just there were a lot of people that took downtime for weeks on end. There were people posting videos, agents posting videos saying this is like the 2008 recession and it's not going to come back for two years. And maybe their business didn't. Maybe they weren't busy this year. But we were busy as anything. It's our best year yet. And uh, during that downtime, um, Maybe I should have, maybe it would have been better in hindsight to find more structure and find time where I, I did cut it off at a certain time because I did uh, find myself twiddling my thumbs or just getting very distracted. And I think that was just from the new environment of being stuck in my basement. It was hard to focus, but um, no, I think, I don't think I would change a whole lot. You know, even though we weren't busy per se with hands-on sales, uh, new clients, stuff like that for a few weeks we did have a lot of things that we hadn't gotten around to in a long time, administrative stuff, marketing stuff, new initiatives uh, that we wanted to tackle. And it was a chance to start to pick away at that stuff. So it was good. And it was nice. Like, you know, sometimes in the sales industry, you're very caught up in the sales aspect of things, handling client inquiries and dealing with offers, et cetera, et cetera. And you neglect a lot of the things you need to do to build your business. So that was a good time to reflect on that. And it, uh, I think that helped me realize that that's where my time needs to be spent more. And I've done that since then. And I think it's been very helpful. Yeah, I think that uh, for me, 
if I look back and would have changed something in in the sense that if if you knew it was coming and you were going to have that time, I probably would have dedicated a couple of weeks to vacation because I didn't uh, in the early going, especially, and I found that that mm. drained that drained me out. It it took it sucked a lot out of me, and because I just kept working, like nothing stopped in terms of of work. But then, like you said, it wasn't overly productive in the beginning. So for me, if I'm not productive and it's not doing something that's going to be, you know, income producing or helping the team or the business grow or whatever, just shut it the fuck down, right? Like, mm-hmm. like give yourself a little bit of that mental break. Um, so that's, that's probably what I would have done is just have more structure to time off because when you're working from home, it's so easy to just pop up and down and, and say, Oh, I'm not really working, but you kind of are, you know what I mean? Well, you're better. You're either, you're either in it or you're out of it. And if you're half in half out, you may as well just be out. Well, that's like what I say to the team, right? Like we've dedicated one day off for everybody, which is a a day off where you should be shutting off your phone and and just enjoying that time. But it's so hard because you'll get an email or a call or something that distracts you. And then, well, are you working or are you not? That's why I'm such a fan of like my last vacation, which was five years ago in St. Lucia. I literally shut off my phone, put it in the uh, safe and didn't touch it until we left. But what do you do uh, for photos? Uh, what did I do on that trip? I did you did you get a camera? I feel yeah. like you might have got a camera. I I I am pretty sure either I took a I I had my GoPro, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure I took a point and shoot camera. I can't remember. What I when I went up to the cottage or you this take, summer, or I, you take a, a phone. Like I yeah. have uh, several phones that pull your SIM card out. Yeah. Well, you, uh, they don't have a SIM card, so you just use it as a camera. Yeah, but... they do. No, my old phones. Oh, your don't. old phones. Sorry. I yeah. well, what I did this year when I went up to the cottage is I I deleted all my email accounts from my phone, and then I I think I turned the cellular off, so it was not very distracting. Anyways, let's get on to the, today's topic. Yep. So, first of all, if you made this far, smash the like button, hit the subscribe button. We post this every Monday morning. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for lasting this long. And we're going to get to the topic of how, okay, let me understand. Now, was this, how do you move with a dog and three kids? Or how do you go through the selling process with a dog and three kids? Probably all of the above, like moving with three kids and a dog is not easy. Uh, and the selling process is not easy and preparing to sell is not easy. Well, especially given the current state of the world, because for sure you've got a showing, Oh, let's go for dinner. Oh, let's go watch a movie. Now you're going to be listing your home. It's like, let's go to fucking Disney world for 10 days and you guys can take over and sell the house. Well, that's what a lot of people would do. We would say, well, go away for the first weekend. Just plan to be away. Go to a yeah. hotel, go up north, go down south, whatever. Be away. It's going to be busy. And I mean, in the summer this year, at least people could walk around. Let's go for a walk around the block. Let's go. You couldn't even go to the local park. 
parks were closed. But, oh, but hang on a could... second. But hang on a second, because and this particular uh, subscriber, Jimmy, the new guy, he uh, he doesn't have any family in in the area to where he lives, so you can't even go to a relative's house, whatever. But pre-COVID, if I was selling my home, I can tell you, I would pack up, I would send the dog to camp. Uh, we take him up to a uh, place up on Guelph Line. Uh, if if you ever need uh, um, somewhere to take your your dog, uh, family pet services, they're amazing. It's not cheap. It's like 50, 60 bucks a night, but it's, it's amazing there for the dogs. And, and it's not kenneled or whatever. They sleep on sofas and it's just fantastic. Um, but I would pack up the kids, pack up everything, get, let the wife choose where she wants to go south, like some beach and hop on a plane and just go. And I would give you my key. Well, you already have a key to my house or uh, no, know I, the I used to. I used to. Yeah, yeah, I uh, do. And, and, and I would say, Adrian, get one of our designers in, get the stagers in, get the cleaners in, do, do what the team does best and just call me and let me know when it's sold and then we'll come home. That's what I would yeah. do, right? But it's, it's yeah. so, so different now. It is very much so. I mean, so, you can still get away. You there are still ways. Like there are, you could do Airbnb at a cottage if you wanted to. Those things are still running. Um, but here's the nice thing, or, or what should be the way is that you should be preparing well in advance. So don't be one of those last minute people. Uh, if you are contemplating the idea of moving, start the process early so you can plan accordingly. And that will make a big difference. You see, what catches a lot of people off guard are the homes that pop up that all of a sudden intrigue you. And then you decide that it's a great home and you shouldn't miss out on that opportunity. And you put an offer and all of a sudden you're selling. Like that can happen really, really quickly. So my advice right there is as soon as you are even talking about it, but yeah, if, if here's, here's a way to recognize that you have a problem. If you are, <laughs> if you are scrolling through the realtor.ca app or yeah. laying in bed at night with your spouse, showing each other homes or sending each other links to those listings from a realtor website or wherever or Facebook or whatever, and you keep sending each other stuff and asking opinion, that means either now Here, or in the not too distant Here's what you should do. I don't know if you are, can see this. Look at If you swipe down... Yeah, well, let me and, finish exactly what I'm and, fucking saying. And the Realtor.ca app shows can't up see as a, that. Can't see that. A, I People know. are listening on a podcast. As a series suggestion. If you swipe down on your phone and the Realtor.ca app shows up as a series suggestion, you have a problem. Or you don't have a problem. You need to call your realtor. No, no. It's a problem. Because if, if you haven't taken the steps to already prepare, you yeah. are behind the eight ball. Yes. So, so, you know, it's like you mentioned your drinking problem earlier. You have to realize yeah. at a point you've got a problem. And the problem is you're going to be moving and you haven't started to prepare. Yeah. So, um, do you, do but, you even know what your budget is or what your house is worth? There's step one. Never hurts to know. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because if you need to upgrade your home, like if you need more space. Who needs more space? People don't need more space, Ariel. People want more space. I remember the house I grew up in and we were quite content. It was a two or three bedroom. Were you all studying and working from the same home all day? It doesn't doesn't matter. These are first world problems. These are wants. Always wants. That was also in the 80s, man. Fuck, in the 80s, I used to roll around in this uh, big station wagon with blue vinyl seats that my dad owned without a seatbelt. Right? My dad like, used to drive around in a Dodge Omni. It was a manual transmission and the door wouldn't close, the driver's door. So he'd be driving, holding the door closed, quickly switch gears and go hold the door closed. And probably yes. taking a few swigs of a beer while he was at it. I was probably the one serving it to him. So the world has changed, brother. But um, so, okay, let's let's take it back a notch and, and say, okay, we know we're going to be moving. and yeah, we'll, we'll contact a realtor to help put, you know, the motions in place and, and give us a plan. That's the, that's the biggest thing is you have to plan um, and give yourself deadlines. Give yourself time. Like once the kids go to bed, you need to set aside time throughout the week where you say, here's what's going to be coming with us. There's a ton of things in everybody's homes. And I know you don't collect. You guys are are definitely people that don't hang on to things, right? Uh, Like your home is pretty clutter-free. Your storage areas are pretty clutter-free. You keep stuff that you use. But for the most part, most people, like myself, we have storage rooms that are full of stuff that we haven't touched in the last year or two. And they're, I'm not talking about like um, things that are sentimental or monumental to, to us or our, our home or our families or whatever. It's stuff that we just flat out don't use that we're hanging on to for no apparent reason. And that really should be sold, donated or scrapped. So I can tell you for me, if I was selling my home, I would probably have to take a couple of weeks off work just to purge and prepare. Yeah. yeah. So, so what can you do? You can plan and you can plan to set aside an hour or two a week or a day or whatever, whatever time you can dedicate to it and have the things that you are going to donate, the things that you are going to sell and the things that are, you're going to throw out and start start doing it right like the easiest thing is get rid of stuff that you're going to throw out because you yeah. just start start getting garbage bags and recycling bags and say nope this is trash this is trash and then just make a couple of runs to the uh um to the uh what do you call it the waste site yeah uh, and and get rid of it that's number well, one. There's no you're moving anyways so there's no sense in keeping or you're paying gonna the have move to, things you're going to have to do it Right. Um, So that's number one. And why can that help you with kids is if you're doing it, you know, in time when the kids are asleep, uh, it's not affecting them and you're just becoming more efficient. So that's step one. That's out of the way now is just start 
start purging, start throwing stuff out that you're not taking with you, start donating things that have value to other people and sell things that you you actually want to recoup some money. And that that money actually oftentimes for a you know a family of five, uh, you probably have enough stuff that you can sell that'll pay for movers, right? So yeah. So you're you're helping the cost out that way too. The next thing is, I believe, and our kids are not old enough yet. Uh, your older daughter is probably getting to that age. If you were going to move, uh, that you would have to do it. But it, it's it's understanding what your kids are going to go through. And I, as a kid, I you didn't experience it because you lived in the same home for years and years. But I moved around. No, a I lot. did move. I moved once. I remember it. Yeah. I remember the process. I think I moved probably 10 times before I was 14. So, you know, and I look back, I don't know about you, but pretty well everywhere I lived as a, as a child has some sort of sentimental attachment to me. Like as a realtor and being able to pull up old listings, I've looked back to see if any of those homes have resold and, and look at the photos and and be like, oh, that was my room, or I remember that room. Or, I would love know. to go back and walk through my childhood home. Yeah, yeah, sure. Fun. I mean, it, you know, I think a lot of people are like that. I have a lot of friends that that when their one of their childhood homes come on the market, they're like, oh, that was my childhood home. Can you tell me what it sold for or whatever? Right? Yeah. So. I think the important thing there is... Hey, on that note, that's a great idea for a little mini-series. We should try to arrange that. What? Childhood home walkthrough. That'd be fun. (laughs) Well, I guess we could put alerts on uh, certain addresses and see if they pop up for sale or what have you. No, no, I'm just going to call them and knock on their door. Maybe not knock. Maybe maybe post-COVID we could do this. Actually, that would be a good that would be a good uh, YouTube uh, series. Yeah, because I've got photos of my old house, so it'd be neat to show both the uh, current and before. And anyways, yeah, sorry to sidetrack but, us. No, that's okay. Um, so I think what you have to recognize in the in the you know, it's kind of the bigger picture, but the smaller picture within it is that this is going to be an emotional time for your kids, regardless of their age. Yes. Because you're taking away everything they know. That's their home. That's their sanctuary. That's where they, you know, that's where all their memories are. Uh, certainly if they haven't moved before. And you can't just say, we're moving, right? Or spring it upon them that, oh, the house is sold. Or why is the realtor showing up to the house? Why, you know, what does this all mean? Kids yeah. are smart. but they they haven't been through that process or they don't understand the process and and it's hard for them to leave their room and they don't know are my stuffies coming with me are you know uh, are why why are we moving are my, am i still going to get to talk to my friends um you know i don't want to leave i love my park that's at the end of the street uh you know so you got to have that conversation with them and let them be privy to everything but also make it fun and exciting and, and make them understand and make the moving day maybe or the selling day a big, exciting thing. Like, 
maybe this is when we have a pizza party because it's it's a great thing that we're moving. Look, take them to the new home or make them a part of that experience. Like this could be your new room or this is your new room. Look how amazing we're going to make it look. And oh, you wanted this light fixture, you know, treat them maybe to something, right? Like, yeah. You wanted this maple leaf scoreboard light fixture for the last five years while your new room, we're going to put that in there. Or I don't know, you have to, you have to get them on side because if they're on side and they're on board and they're excited about it, it's going to mean leaving the house for showings and making them understand why they're doing that and the process of doing that. It's going to make that easier and um, getting their help from the standpoint of packing and preparing and, you know, our designer might come in and say, we got to move the bed to this side of the room, or we got to get rid of the shelves in that, in that bedroom because it sticks out. That means their stuffies are coming down or their books are coming down from the wall. Um, so, so you got to get them on side. Yeah. Well, I think it's uh, safe to say that pretty consistently across the board, kids will feed off your energy. So you got to be very positive about it make it exciting uh, and put a, a fun swing on everything and they'll be more cooperative. They'll look forward to it. It'll be a fun and memorable experience for them. Um, it's a bit more challenging now even because you can't, although I'm seeing more of it uh, currently, but you can't always take kids to see new houses when you're out looking at properties because homeowners don't want anyone other than the prospective buyers and their realtor. So um, but I am seeing kids in through houses now more often than I used to earlier in the year. Um, but that's a bit tough because kids perhaps want to be involved in that process too. Yeah. Can still show them photos and, and there's 3d walkthroughs and things like that. Now that, uh, like we're yeah. doing 3d, 3d tours on all of our properties. Yeah. So you can get them involved with that. True. Now, in terms of um, the dog, let's let's get the dog out of the way, right? So, Jimmy, my advice for you is send the dog to camp. If you're in the Halton kind of region area, I don't know where you live, but um, again, family pet services, anytime now that I need a break from my dog. Some, I love my dog, right? And I walk this guy three, four times a day. He's our family, whatever. But sometimes I need a break and I just send him there because he loves it, gets great energy, get, gets, uh, or gets his energy out um, and gets that bonding time with other dogs, like dogs need to be with dogs. And um, so I send him there and I spend the money because he needs a vacation too sometimes from us and the kids. And, um, and, and he loves it. So if you have a proper plan in place and you got a good realtor in this market, your home's not going to be on the market too long. If you price it properly, um, send the dog to a camp, right? Make yeah. it a part well, of the nice stuff. thing is, and if, if the market and, uh, is conducive to a strategy of pricing it low and holding offers on a specific date, you've got a window of time where you can plan exactly what you're doing. So if that's four days, uh, where you need to kind of plan on not being at the house, then you can make arrangements for that in advance. I know like some people, like we, we had my, my dad visit and 
we hadn't seen him for almost a year. It's crazy to think that. So they decided to quarantine for two weeks before coming to see us so that we could all get together. So maybe that's something you arrange. Maybe you don't have a bubble per se at any given time, but maybe you could find people that you can do that with. Well, and you know, on, on that note, uh, it hasn't been proven that dogs or pets uh, will carry this disease or spread this disease mm-hmm. so uh, or the virus. So um, depending on what kind of dog it is, you know, maybe you have a friend or a family member that will take the dog for a couple of weeks and, and you know, dog sit uh, at their at their home. Uh, yeah. a lot of, a lot of people are, are, you know, at home now working from home, whatever, and need an excuse maybe to get some exercise and get some fresh air and having a dog actually, like for me, every day I'm walking somewhere between five and 10 kilometers with Winston. And I wouldn't work, be, I can guarantee you, I wouldn't be walking five to 10 kilometers a day without the dog. Um, so depending on what kind of dog it is, you might have people lined up to, to say, yeah, I'll, I'll take fluffy for a couple of weeks while you show your home and sell your home. Not a problem. But if you yeah. don't, you know, eat that 50 bucks a day and send the dog to a good camp where, um, all you need to do is drop them off and send them with some food and, and dog is good to go. And the dog, you know, don't feel bad for the dog. The dogs love it. If you send them to a good place, um again like family pet services they have all of these couches you think that's that a they thing people feel bad them. about it maybe mm, yeah i mean even or is I, it a money thing or is it i don't know well i think it's both right like a lot of people are struggling financially but you know if you're selling your home it's it, consider it part of the cost of selling and buying uh, you know and at the end of the day, no, you can't be home. Your dog can't be home. Right. Even cats. If you've got a cat, cat shouldn't be home. I know I've had oh, clients that no. just get do not of, want to go into a house with a cat. Or you have people like me that are highly allergic. And then while you're in the house, your throat's closing up, your eyes are itchy and watering, and you just yeah. want to get the fuck out of the house. Like, trust me, it's not a pleasurable experience. No matter how nice the house is, if I walk in and there's dander floating everywhere, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not spending much time in there. Right. Yeah, so hundred percent. Um, and, and nobody likes the smell of cats, like no offense to cat people or people that have cats and no offense to cats. I love cats. I just think that they fucking stink because they, they piss in these litter boxes. Well, it's true, right? Like yeah. you walk into a cat house, you know, it's a cat house. Yeah. Don't you like, let's call a spade a spade. In most uh, cases, yeah, definitely you can you can tell there's a cat there. Not well, always some, though. Some dogs too smell. Like my dog doesn't yeah. smell, but your your dog, he smelled. No offense, but you could tell. Well, he was well, first of all, I do take a little bit of offense because we bathe them frequently. He may have stank sometimes, but it was not a consistent smell. We bathe them like twice a month, we send them to the okay to the spa. I didn't say he st- I didn't say he stank. I said he smelled. There was a smell to him. Well, yeah, he was a 12-year-old, 11-year-old German Shepherd. No, but his whole life, he had that smell to him. It's like it's it's what the oils in his skin probably 
secreted, right? Like there's maybe and, I didn't and, notice and, that. And it's an old I, like I could tell dogs, when he I could tell when he needed a bath. Bigger dogs have I don't know. They they smell more than smaller dogs. Um or you know, more so than like non-shedding dogs, like sh- dogs that shed. Well, for sure. So so pets have that kind of lingering smell and you want to get rid of it because there are buyers most certainly that the first thing when they walk in they'll go oh there must be a dog that lives here right 100 or it smells like cat piss we hear that all the time animals are one thing there's also food and just dirty smelly musty houses yeah yeah i mean we're picking on animals and we love our animals and our pets but yes uh if you know like uh strong strong spices like curries uh have a tendency of lingering and and you open the door you'll immediately you know get that get that smell um if you haven't taken your garbage out for the day and you cooked some chicken wings last night and you took that chicken package and it's still sitting in the garbage you know that you know that raw chicken smell after a day well, I think leading up to the sale, you need to take all those things into account, whether it's getting an animal out of the house early to give it time to, uh, for the smell to dissipate or not cooking certain types of foods for a few days leading up to it or a couple of weeks leading up to it. Um, one of many things to consider. But anyways, I think the big thing with this question is just preparing. In advance, if you have any indication that you're planning to move, you need to start the process early and plan. What am I going to do with the kids? How are we going to keep ourselves busy during the showings? Where's uh, um, the dog going to go? Where's the cat going to go? Who's going to hold on to them? Those are things that I think are unique to everybody. I think part of that question, though, is, you know, what do I do? Like, I think a lot of people don't know. Like, if I don't have family... So, so the answer to that, I mean, pets, pets should be the last concern. No, again, no offense to your pet or your dog or whatever, but there's, there's places, there's kennels, there's other people that might look after the pet. So get rid of the pet. If you know that you are, and I'm not saying early in the process, I'm saying, you know, as soon as that home needs to be staged, send the dog away, send the cat away wherever that may be, get rid of, get rid of the pet until your home is sold firm. Find yeah. a solution. That's the I think easy. a lot of people probably don't uh, or haven't ever even used uh, those pet hotels or kennels before. And maybe they're not, not aware of them or they're, they think they're inhumane and there are some that probably are not ideal, but there's lots of great options out there. So I, I would encourage people to get out and do their research. Well, maybe sure 20 around. 20 years ago, you take your dog to a place like that and they're literally putting him in a, you know, three by four kennel. Well, they still have that. There are places that still do that. Yeah. But that was your only option 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. 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 Now Now, there's nice big farms where they have huge fields and things gated off and the dogs would rather be there than at home. Buddy, I'm telling you in California, they literally have Ritz Carlton's for dogs. Like, oh, like the fancy shit. Yeah. Like serving them ice cream and have TVs in their rooms. Like they're sweets. They literally are sweets. I've seen stuff um, like that. Not in yeah. person, but. 
it it exists, man. But uh, again, I've mentioned the name a few times, Family Pet Services, but they uh, they don't lock the dogs up. They have a huge uh, barn. They're actually doing a big reconstruction now with the new building. And, they stay in uh, the horse stalls? No, it's a big, well, it's a finished uh, uh, space. And okay. it, it's like a huge living room for dogs. And they all sleep together on couches. Okay. And and there's one door. And for to, those, and just for those that have dogs that are not very friendly, they have solutions for that too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And they separate big dogs and small dogs. Yeah. And uh, there's a door uh, in that we'll call it a living room that opens up to a huge, fully fenced uh, backyard, which has um, uh, turf, not grass. So That's we've never idea. had we've had we've never had an issue with ticks or fleas or anything with the dog, and they have a bunch of like kids playgrounds that are modified oh, cool. for the dogs to to run around and play with, um, and then they have structured playtime with with the people there that are managing it. Um, it's it's really quite awesome. So there's a lot of places like that that exist. If you do your research, you'll find a great place for the dog with the kids. Certainly during COVID. Just send them with the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> um, it, is, it is a little bit different. So you are going to have to plan that to your point, Adrian, if you are pricing low in hopes of a bidding war. And it depends on the home that you have, right? Like um, we've had several multi-million dollar properties that, you know, you're not doing that with necessarily or are going to take a little bit longer to sell and you know that going in. Um, but then if you're selling a 1500 square foot townhome and there's, you know, a good chance it is going to go into a bidding war, you know, you're going to sell a lot quicker. So it depends on the type of home and you need to have that discussion with your realtor. So it's not for us to give you advice unless we know the intimate situation, but um, you can't be in the home. And there's going to be back-to-back showings. Well, so, and it's okay. very important to ensure you're accommodating as many showings as you can. So right. always, you got to leave the home open to showings all day long. So, so try to is, be prepared on short notice. And also be prepared that nap times and bedtimes may have to shift for a few days. I think that's important. Steve Bruman sold a home here in Milton uh, last month. Uh, semi-detached home, smaller semi-detached home. And the strategy was to price it aggressively, hold offers. And um, because we knew that there would be um, multiple interest. Yeah. And within four days, there were, I want to say 35, 40 showings. So can you imagine? And no overlapping showings. Right. Because due to COVID and the small in a small space, we're not allowing double bookings, which means you're, if you book four to 40, five, 40 showings, something so like 20, that, 20 hours, to, let's say 30 showings. Okay. Cut it, so, cut it short, 30 showings in like four or five days. Mm-hmm. So that's so, 15 hours. Yes. Cause these showings half an hour, right? Half so 15 an hour, hours, 15 hours over five days. That means three hours a day. And it could be scattered. For sure it is. Yeah. But a lot of them happening in the evenings. 
when your kids are home from school or when you're done work or whatever. Yeah. So a lot of people need to realize other people work nine to five type of jobs too. So that's the only time they can go. Even if it's virtual, you still got to work. Yeah. So, and, and people got to realize there are people that don't work nine to five and have different schedules right now. So it literally your showings could be from 9am to 9pm. So, you know, you're to your point, you're probably not going out for dinner. Uh, in the winter, you're certainly not walking around the block and going for ice cream or, you know, just taking the dog for a walk and see you in a couple of hours, check in on the Arlo camera and see once everybody's gone. It doesn't work that way now. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of hotels that have long stay accommodations that are taking a lot of precautions uh, due to COVID. That's something you got to look at. You got to feel safe and comfortable with. Um, to your point, there's a lot of Airbnbs uh, that exist. Um, the good ones you might pay a little more for now, but they're also taking precautions. And then you can take your own precautions too. Um, like if you're going to rent a place for a couple of weeks, maybe you go in one day and sanitize it yourself or send a, your own crew in to sanitize it. Bring yep. your own sheet, bring your own sheets and pillows and things like that. I don't know. And, uh, and just make sure that it's a safe haven for you guys for two, three weeks, a month, whatever. And again, make it a part of your, uh, moving costs, like take that into consideration and, and use that in your budgeting. Cause you mentioned budget, you got to know your budget. Yeah. That's a part of, that becomes a part of your budget. Yep. Part of affordability. All comes down to planning. So don't leave it to the last minute. And um, get get a lot of bins, a lot of boxes, tape, markers. Have the kids participate in it. Make it fun. Have a good plan. Get a good realtor that's going to get a plan with you. Get pre-approved so you know your budget. You do some of those things, take some of that advice, and then the rest is up onto your specific situation. And everybody's going to be unique. Some people have lots of family to help support them. Somebody will have none. Everyone's going to have different circumstances. Some people can afford to buy and move into their new home before the old home is even sold. Right? Like we've had, we've had, we've had people do that. Year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or. Yeah. You know, what one of my clients is doing is actually buying an investment property, moving into that investment property during the sale of their primary residence, and then buying their new primary residence. And when they move into that new primary residence, that uh, uh, investment property that they were living in. So they bought an investment property, moved there, Mm -hmm. sold the old one. Correct. Bought a, in, bought a new one. That's a neat way to do it. Yes. And then once the, uh, once the new home closes, the investment property becomes a rental or a flip. And, um, and then you had your accommodations without having to be meeting any kind of do- deadlines or whatever. And in the process, you're probably making some money, right? Yeah. So it might mean you're moving into a two-bedroom condo with your family of five. 
But if it's only for a few weeks and you're going to end up making money and getting an additional real estate investment out of it, that might be something to consider too. Yeah. If you can afford it. If you yeah, can the carrying it. costs are high during that 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 overlap time, but it's con- relatively convenient. Might make other sense. Than the, other than the moving twice aspect of it. Yeah, but if it's if it's a temporary situation, like for a month or two or something like that, you throw all of your stuff into pods or or what have you, and uh, like moving bins, um, and just get it dropped off at the at the new house when you're done. Yeah, I don't know. Or furnish your investment property with some of the furniture that you currently have. Short-term rental. And then have that as short-term rentals for people like you. On that note, there's a lot of need for short-term rentals. Huge. Didn't you say you got one the other day for, like they wanted to, I can't remember what you said. There was somebody looking for a very short-term. Somebody, (laughs) yeah, somebody called our 1-800 number and I don't know how or why. Um, but they contacted us, even though we're in the business of buying and selling and well, technically and leasing real estate. So I guess they weren't that offside, but looking for a two week rental. Yeah. Two weeks. There's a big need for that stuff in between like new construction gets delayed unexpectedly and they've already sold their house. And there's a big need for, uh, rental properties that are furnished because of people that don't want to move their stuff multiple times. Yeah. So you make good money with it too. Episode 108. Uh, it's been a nice, nice morning chatting with you, Mr. Trot. Same with you. If you're still listening and you made it this far and you like this episode, give us that thumbs up, smash the like button and the subscribe button. Wherever you're listening or watching, you can watch by going to ktconfidential.ca. It'll take you right to the playlist on YouTube. Why are you smirking, my friend? Nothing, nothing. I got to go. I got to go make sure my house doesn't smell like stinky dog. Yep. No, I'm pretty sure you're good now. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good day. Ciao.